Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. devastating uh, events that are taking place in Gaza at the moment and a lot of big brands in the UAE have been uh, making announcements and doing their bit so Imar, Nikhil and Majid Al-Fatayim have all cancelled community events and Majid Al-Fatayim have also donated, uh, let me get this right, a million dollars to the Tara Home for Gaza campaign in, in the UAE by Emirates Rose Crescent. You'll see a lot of the uh, weekend announcement activities on the Love and Dubai website as well for donations and things that are taking place. Other business news uh, uh, startup, uh, property tech startup Nomad Homes have raised $20 million in Series A, which is great for that sector in the UAE. And another one, uh, Keeper, who were on the show recently, they raised $6 million. Uh, so the prop tech sector is a uh, well and kicking and then uh, another uh, announcement that happened this week and uh, Nando's uh, announced the sponsorship of the Arabian Falcons team in the UAE and to that point a uh, nice little segue uh, you know Nando's being a well-known chicken brand uh, and this week's interview is another one that's aiming for that same space uh, so enjoy the conversation. Works Business Podcast. Today we're joined by Suhaib Masood, the CEO of Hania Brands, who are the master franchise partner of Pepe's Piri Piri. Uh, Mr. Masood has successfully brought one of the UK's fastest growing flame grilled chicken chains, Pepe's Piri Piri, to the UAE, where it's been uh, experiencing tremendous success. Uh, good morning. Good morning. How, how are you, Suhaib? Very good. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. No problem. Yeah, so um, tell us a little bit about uh, your business. Yeah, basically Pepe's is, um, just to let you know about, a bit about the brand itself, it's, uh, it's, it's a flame-grilled chicken concept from UK. Um, it's, it's basically, um, comes with six different unique flavors um, which people can choose. Um, and it, it's a very, um, I would say, it, number one is, of course, it's healthy grilled, flame-grilled chicken. Um, then of course it comes with a different taste. You know, generally you get a lot of the healthy products or healthy foods. They don't really come with the taste in the market. But Pepe's offers the both best of the both. So you've got the grill, uh, the healthy aspect, and of course the uh, flavors as well. And the flavors themselves are very sort of uh, I would say addictive sort of flavors, which people continue to come back for. Even myself, you know, okay, you know, we, we have Pepe's. However, we've been obviously eating it for the last you know 11 years, and the fact that you know, even eating after 11 years, you know, you haven't put much weight on. Shows you the fact that you know it's 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 a it's a good good grilled chicken. Yeah, and the flavors are they like uh, six sauces or is this? Yeah, they're basically six unique flavors. So you've got the mango and lime, uh, lemon and herb, mild, hot, extra hot, and extreme. So it's it's, it's a nice sort of a spe spectrum. So for and it appeals to every sort of background, you know, people that don't like the spice, 
people that like the extreme spice, they can you know challenge themselves going towards the extreme side. Uh, but it's it's an excellent sort of a spectrum for everyone to actually enjoy the chicken. So it's a very universal product. And Hania Brands is the master franchiser. Is that did you set up the business with Pepe's in mind? Yeah. So Hania Brands is the holding company that actually owns the the master franchise license for Pepe's in in this region. The region um, being the region being the UAE and the GCC. Okay. Um, so. That company actually is the, 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 the holder, and then in future it will be then responsible for sub-franchising in this territory for this uh, franchise partners. Yeah, and uh, so you set that company up with this in mind. So did you, was it that you had an idea to launch a F&B chicken business in the UAE and you looked for a brand that you think would work, or was it the other way around? Uh, you saw something popular in the UK and you thought, the Pepe's no, we, we, we're already part of Pepe's in the UK, so we already have multiple outlets in the UK, which are predominantly based in Birmingham, so it's outside, it's about 100 odd miles from London, Yeah. Um, so we predominantly own multiple outlets there, so now the fact that Pepe's have started to overgrow in, in the United Kingdom, in the UK, up towards the Scotland, down south, Wales... So we decided, I mean, I was always been a fan of Dubai, you know, we, we come for holidays. <clears throat> and when, why we were used to come out for holidays, and of course, coming to holidays is completely different to, as to when you start living in a place. It's completely different, the challenges are different. So when I came in, I saw the gap in the market that, okay, there's, there's, there's a fine dine uh, element in Dubai is one of the best experiences you get in the world. However, obviously that comes with a heavy price tag and obviously not many of the local residents that actually live here do get the chance to go out for that sort of experience on a regular basis. And in terms of food quality, we saw the gap that there's a definitely a potential in the market for peri-peri chicken uh, since the market is lacking with number of peri-peri concepts. So that's when we thought, you know, we can come in really with affordable price tag and an excellent product so that people can enjoy on a regular basis. So now, you know, since we've opened, we have, you know, consumers or customers that come on a very, very regular basis. So if I was to get you to spend a time, I would say a, five, a week or so, every day in one of the outlets, you'll see the same faces coming at least four to five times a week. <laughs> so I personally, I mean, this is the only brand that I've seen that can, people can eat on a regular basis as much as that. Yeah, amazing. And uh, when did you set up in the UAE? So the UAE setup started in the first store in Motor City, opened in November 2020. Yeah, 2020, November, just after you know, the COVID lockdown. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that again, it's, it was a challenge for about 12 months itself because a lot of the restrictions and, you know, the, the, the opening, the launching of the brand wasn't as the way we were expecting due to the COVID restrictions. So that in itself was a challenge uh, for about 12 months. However, obviously, we, we really sort of rode that uh, period out very well. I mean, that was purely down to the product, really. It was probably um, a good time to launch in hindsight. Yeah, I mean, it, it was good in one way because a lot of, you know, brands or local outlets were closing down due to the um, the pandemic. You know, people didn't know what to do, what was happening. They so, were doing well before they got hit, yeah. whereas you, you hadn't set up just before. Yeah. You kind of timed it yeah. later. So, I mean, that happened automatically, really. So it wasn't planned that we can open after COVID. So there were opportunities coming up that, you know, uh, since a lot of people were closing down, so the rentals were quite, you know, a lot more affordable and the landlords were a lot willing to negotiate better terms 
than what would do in a, in, a, in a period where the market is doing very well. So that, of course, worked in our favour, but of course the, the, the 12 months of challenge, you know, getting people, a certain number of people allowed in the store at a certain time, you can't have more than that, the social distancing and all that was, was a challenge, um, not just for ourselves, obviously for the staff, um, because sometimes, you know, in the evenings the store would get very busy and it would be hard to accommodate people. So that in itself was... but. Then, of course, when 2022 kicked in, um, restrictions got eased and the people's scare overall reduced a lot to what it was before. I mean, when it originally started, I myself was, you know, <laughs> very, you know, taken because I got ill uh, literally in, I think it was, I was in the UK and it was, I think, April, right during the lockdown. And, you know, the, the, the psychological thing where, you know, the thing is all over the news and you got ill, it's just a normal illness that you picked up and for some reason your brain starts to go towards that way. So that scare overall reduced as well with the people uh, generally, then people started to come out. Because at one point when I came, um, when we started in, um, in 2020, and people would always tell me that you know, Dubai is a place where people really tend to go out, you know, the socializing and people are going out, the restaurants are full, but when, that during that COVID we opened and everything, and in 2021 January, uh, February, March, and I would think to myself, this you know in UK we are far far more outgoing in terms of restaurants compared to Dubai, but of course I failed to realize that okay it was that that phase of the COVID, but then I saw the restaurants really picking up in 2022, and yeah. you know, now the market's really booming. Really booming. So you're almost, we're end of October now, so you'll be three years celebrating soon in Motor City. Yeah. Did you, did you grow on from there? Uh, is that, do you have one outlet in the UAE? No, we have the second outlet we opened recently in June in CityWalk uh, on the main boulevard, um, which is the Happiness Street. Um, so that, again, is open in peak summer, and this time it's Last time, previously, during the COVID, I got stuck in the UK. So a lot of things happened while I was in UK. So this time, everything happened while I was on the ground. So there's a lot of learnings that we did as, as a new store opening, contractors, the experience, how it works. Um, so that, again, we've learned a lot in this uh, second branch opening. So we opened in June. So it was a peak summer in City Walk. Um, so, but, but, but the store has actually grew 10 to 15% month on month since June. Mm. So considering that, you know, City Walk is a very sort of a winter location rather than summer in terms of footfall wise, you won't go, you hardly see a footfall. But the fact that people actually go out their way for Pepe is, is, is something that I really appreciate. And I know from the bottom of my heart, my product is good that people actually, once they've tried it, they will come back. Mm. So long as we offer the park, free parking is something that we really look at any location we will choose in the future. Free parking is something that will always be a, a, a number one priority because right now in Motor City, I know 90%, if not more than that, the revenue generates from people driving to Pepe's rather than walking by. Walking bys, every now and then we get an opportunity to you know, get people to try the you know, test wings, tenders, so just give them a free samples for them to try. So you can then convert them. But majority of the people are coming from uh, drive. So we thought, you know, location, um, parking is something that is absolutely necessary for mm. us. So City Walk, our um, store offers free parking right at the back. So even if it's a peak, peak summer, you've got shaded parking, 
free parking, you validate it, and it's literally like 20 seconds walk from there. So you don't even have to walk like five, six minutes, and then nobody wants to do that in, mm. during peak summer. So yeah, these, this is uh, something that we really look out for. Yeah, and so going back to the kind of start, uh, you know, how did you get into this originally? You, you studied in London, right? Yeah, so in 2008, I graduated um, from London. So one of the Pepe's stores was... What did you study? I studied graphic design, by the way. Okay. Um, so that was my That's useless graphic design. <laughs> graphic design with multimedia and, you know... Uh, okay. So at that time, I graduated in 2008, and one of the Pepe stores was basically a very close by to the university, and we would go there on a regular basis. Um, oh, it was your students' food, like you would yeah, exactly, eat it as a exactly, student, yeah. So, studio, so when the lectures finished during the day, so let's go. You know, all the, all the friends would go and be at and it became like a sort of a spot for us on a regular basis because you know we love the food number one, and number two. It started to evolve into sort of a, a brand rather than a typical sort of a you know uh, a, a what I would say is um, one stop shop one yeah restaurant, corner one corner kind of you know fish and uh, chips sort of shop in the UK yeah. or a takeaway, so it started to evolve into a brand and I thought to myself this is becoming into a brand so sooner or later you know, once I get an opportunity, we will approach them for franchise in the... In and the that venue. was the first one and you were kind of yeah. watching it and they, and you were the first franchise partner. Yeah, then. so what happened was we, at that time, Pepe's only had about four or five outlets and they were only in, in and around London. So one of them was um, Watford, that's where he actually started. Uh, then you got the Harrow, uh, Luton, Kingston, Hendon. So these are some of the areas around and in and around London. So... What happened was when, when, when I saw the brand started to, ev uh, the store started to evolve into a brand, and 2008 was the day when I graduated and I left, and I got my, I got, uh, I was lucky enough to get a job straight away in uh, Ernest & Young in, in a document design department, so I was responsible for designing all the documents, and that was literally in Birmingham, also I had to go back to Birmingham where I was originally from, and and obviously, you know, the 2008 crisis came, so a lot of people were making you know, redundant the employees and stuff. So I was one of them, unfortunately. So it was a temporary contract for six months, which they did not do, renew. So after that, I was quite happy the fact that I've got Ernest & Young on my, on my CV. Now, you know, it's going to be a lot easier for me to... But obviously, things were very hard to find during the, the crisis. So at one point, I just got frustrated. I said to my brother, look, we need to come up with some, you know, family business. Let's invest somewhere because there's a concept that I know from London. The food, there's, you know, there's nothing like that in Birmingham. I personally think it'll do excellent. Although at that time, you know, the, the local takeaways were very popular, you know, the two-piece chicken and fries, three-piece chicken and fries and stuff like that, the fried food. But the, it, what do you mean there's nothing like it? Because, like... Nothing like, in, in a sense, the taste-wise. Yeah. So, you know, you got the option of flavor so like if you were to go to a normal fish and chips or like a, a takeaway you what, ask for three pieces what about nando's yes of course that's a different sort of a that's more like a fast casual uh, i mean casual dine rather than okay. qsr um yeah. so we focus more on the qsr because we had to qsr stands right uh quick service restaurant so okay. you got the fast food so that way okay oh i got it you give the option to a consumer they can either you know, go for a casual dine. Mm. So you got your friends or you got guests from somewhere that you want to take them out. Of course, the casual dine is an option that you want to choose for them to make them feel more sort of uh, privileged okay, rather than cool. taking them to a QSR. So in this region, then, like Al Bake would be 
QSR, QSR, KFC, QSR, McDonald's, you know, yeah. so they, they, they've got that, you've got that menu when you look at the typical stock images, right? So it yeah. gives you that uh, feeling of a... Got a, 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 a Now with you. Yeah, yeah so fast food. <laughs> so so you, you felt there was a gap for that, yeah. So what happened was then when we, uh, when we used to go to typical like, you know, two-piece chicken and chips, three-piece chicken and chips, you know, we had some local brands, so they were doing the same fried chicken, you know. Um, so I thought to myself, there's nothing that I've been to that asks you flavors, right? They just say, okay, I want this three-piece, five-piece chicken. And you had them buckets, you know, the fried chicken, right? And uh, I said to my brother, this will do exceptionally well. I, uh, I have a very strong faith. So anyway, this comes to 2010. And at that time, you know, the blackberries were quite common. You know, people would use the QWERTY keypads and stuff. So my brother had one of them and we emailed Pepe's and they come back to us saying that we're officially launching in 2010 May, so our franchise. So come back to us then. So then there was obviously a football World Cup going on at that time. So I already had a trip planned to Spain, so we came from back to Spain. So I took my brother um, to the actual head office. So we had a meeting there. What's Spain got to do with it? No, I had just a Spain holiday oh, sorry, booked. Yeah, so after the holidays, so we came back. Yeah. So we decided to go to head office and have a meeting. And at that time, Pepe said to us, look, we're not looking to focus up north in Midlands at the moment. We're still purely focusing on London, trying to create the stores in and around London. So we were quite passionate. We were young, you know, I had four brothers. So we all wanted to get involved and get this up and going. Um, because number one, it would be something new for, for Birmingham. And we came back to Birmingham after the meeting. My brother tried the food in Watford at that time, first time, and he was really amazed. He was like, you know, this is something that I've never, like, you know, we've never tried in Birmingham. And so what happened was then we started looking for uh, different out locations, like within Birmingham. And uh, eventually we just said to Pepe's, look, we found a location. And they were like, you know, we haven't even given you the <laughs> go ahead. And, but anyway, we were quite lucky enough, and I would say I'm fortunate enough, the fact that they saw that the young guys, they're passionate about the brand, about the product. Let's give them a chance. So I think that was the right time and the right moment that we actually happened to be there. And, you know, we've done it. If they it wasn't us, passion. it could have been somebody else. However, so they gave us the go ahead, green light. We took the agreement. We signed, got the, start, uh, the, the, the shop bill started. So eventually in 2011, August was the uh, month we actually opened towards the end of August. And since then, you know, Pepe's really, really took off from Birmingham. The exposure from Birmingham that the brand got really took them off. Because if you look at, um, in 20, up to about 2012, end of 2012, there was hardly any Pepe's, what, 12, 13 outlets. But after the success of Birmingham from 2013 onwards, they really grew fast. How many are there now? So now they're touching almost 200 now, so 180 outlets around mm. in and around the UK. Mm. So it's become a big brand now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 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 a. I mean, uh, it's it's become like a, especially after COVID now. Um, so let, I'll just tell you about the COVID. Let me just finish this. So what happened was 2011 uh, August was the first time we opened. After that. You know, we had, you know, customers coming from Manchester, driving from Manchester, Nottingham, Leicester. You know, people would say, you know, we've, we've heard about this chicken place open. We want to try it. And again, it comes down to the flavors. They're so addictive that, you know, we would get literally, we, I mean, that was our first time going to food business, right? And we would literally see the same customers' faces. Some of them come twice a day. 
And we were like, you know, how do you even like, how can you like eat this much, this much? Although we ate it ourselves as well, of course, we worked yeah. there. Um, but obviously when you work there in the kitchen, when you're cooking, or when you're in the actual, because I was involved in the operations for at least three years, just to learn every single part of the business. So when you're in the kitchen, when you're cooking, or you know, you got the smell, so it doesn't really bother you to eat. Whereas as a consumer, when you come from outside, you're hungry, you, 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 you get that urge to eat. So, but yeah, I mean, from there onwards, Pepe's really got the, the, the success of the franchise and they rolled it out really good. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, you were new to food, but you're also new to franchise. So what sort of agreement did you sign then uh, in terms of area developer and in terms of the margins? Like, the, how does the franchise generally work? You have to pay so, percentage of gross or something? Yeah, so basically, once you are ready to, once you've done your application form, um, you've been vetted by the franchisor, your background's been checked, you know, your financials and everything are fine. Um, that's when you sign, you get an option of obviously area development. That's if the franchisor has an option for uh, area development. If they don't, they'll just go for purely single unit franchise agreement. So you just sign one single unit franchise agreement and you start your build process through all the, the, the builders they have, the snagging, uh, sorry, not the snag, the, the, um, the contractors, then they start to, you know, there's about four or five contractors, they'll pitch in for their quotes and whichever one you choose and you, your build starts, you do an agreement with them. So then, as you start your business, you have an option if you want to open another one, depending on location and depending on the availability. So we just started off with one, just to understand how it all works and everything. So I think a year and a half later, we then opened a second one. Then another year later, we opened a third one. So from the first one, we grew on to, I think we've got about six outlets in the UK, in Birmingham. Nice, and uh, Birmingham is a city of a couple of million people, is it? I think touching around two million now. Two million, so you know, smaller than Dubai. So yeah, put that in perspective. And then uh, just interesting on the franchise part, right? So, you know, generally when we hear franchise in F&B, it's, it's strict-ish, right? Like they tell you what size the straws are, what the menu is and things like that. Uh, so, do you do you feed back to the parent group and say, "Hey, we have some product features here. We have some things." Or do you just literally uh, continue to roll out what's been working since the start? Yeah. So what happens is, franchise is like franchise concepts like a, a wheel that you basically purchase and then you just sell on, rather mm. than reinventing the wheel. And since and I mean, it's it's excellent concept for people that are not from food background because food business is looks easy from the outside, but it's not as easy once you get into it, right? Um, so for Pepe's or a franchise itself, it's an excellent option for business owners that food is not their thing. So you pick up the concept. You don't need to invent anything. Everything is done for you from the agreements, from all the paperwork, SOPs, food manuals, you know, the health and safety manuals. Everything's been done for you. So all you have to do is just take that, get your team, train them, and then let Off them run. The, yeah, let you them make run it the, sound simple. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's excellent for them sort of uh, individuals rather than having somebody who wants to invent the same thing and, and so yeah. it's a lot of work behind there. But but then you mentioned the contractors and the you know the quotes and things like that. Um, do, is there a spec that they need to follow? Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a full spec, it's a full food, uh, sorry, a full mood board which you have of the materials. And of course, you know, in this part of the world, um, the, the, 
the, there will be a slight difference in sl every single store. Maybe the material in this store will be slightly different to this sort of store. It all goes by, you know, if you go look at some of the brands in the malls, right? So you got the uh, Mall of Emirates, Dubai Mall, um, Dubai Hills Mall. So you see some of the brands changing their sort of a feel in every mall they go just to adapt to a certain sort of design so it's it's i think that's that that works a lot more it gives you a fresher look every time you go yeah so you as a consumer you go to city walk for example pepe's and then you go to let's say in in mall of emirates you'll see a slightly different although you still feel that it's pepe's mm. but it'll give you that slight different feel um but overall the franchisor has a spec that the franchisee must adapt to. Um, and depending on the location again, so you have, let's say, spec A, B, and C. So let's say in this location, we can only go with spec A because it's the kind of location. Uh, spec B, spec C, let's say it fits in sort of um, only um, a slightly smaller sort of size store. So there's no point going two and a half, three thousand square foot. So for example, in JBR now, you know, JBR Walk, it's, 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 a, it's a brilliant location. You can go for a bigger store because you've got a lot of footfall, you've got a lot of tourists, so you can accommodate as many people as possible. But whereas, let's say you go in a community mall, for example, Spring Souk in Imar, you don't want to have a three and a half thousand square foot store yeah, because sense. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You'd rather have a slightly smaller store. So we have like spec A, spec B and spec C. So, I mean, it depends on what location they go for. And the, the people, the founder of Pepe's in London, they decided they were going to be, are they, uh, is it known as Pepe's or are they part of a wider, wider hospital? No, it's known group? as Pepe's. And did they come up with the idea of the UAE and Dubai or was it something that no, you No, it was just purely them? pitched by us. And so you decided you would move, uh, your family or other partners run Birmingham now? Yeah. And you're here full time? Yeah. yeah. And uh, when you were coming out here, like that's, you know, that's good for them that they had someone to sort of spot the opportunity, but there's a lot of risk, right? Like this is... Yeah. A, this is hugely uh, competitive industry. Very, like very competitive. When I moved here they, in 2012, they said there was 9,000 F&B outlets in the UAE or in Dubai, and now it's like 12 or 13,000 or something like that. Yeah, there is, from, from what I saw last time, there's about 15,500 restaurants, including the QSRs, the mm. casual, the fine dine, the everything. Okay, 15,000 in, in Dubai alone, not yeah. just the whole of you, just Dubai. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a huge... <laughs> Big number. number. So, Big number, so yeah. why did you think that your one branch could take that? I mean, on? again, I mean, I personally didn't do much uh, sort of. Uh, this is being honest. Personally, didn't do much research in Dubai itself. Like I said, I came for holidays. All I saw was, I mean, when you come on holidays, you explore a lot of things, right? You come to spend money. You not, you know, generally on holidays, you don't come to save. You come to spend. So, within that experience, you, you tend to uh, like try a lot of things that you don't get to try in the UK. Number one, of course. Everything is halal here. So a lot of the, the Muslim population that comes from the UK, first thing they do is, oh, I'm going to eat halal, McDonald's, you know, and so and so, right? So they get, but obviously after a few days, you generally get sick. You know, you can't eat much of that all every day. So again, not much research. All I saw was there's a gap in the market food-wise. There's, okay, average food out there in the market, but nothing as, as, as quality, as tasteful, as as appealing as Pepe's. And the fact that in Motor City, we had a huge UK population uh, in and around the communities. How did you know that? Because a lot of the communities like Arabian Ranches, yeah. the Mac Hills, so, you and know. And did you think UK in terms of taste buds or that they knew the Pepe's brand? They knew the Pepe's brand. And of course, the, the, the taste buds as well. So I said, you know, 
I know that our UK people are familiar with the brand, so they'll come anyway. Yeah. And they will spread the word, of course, you know, to the people that they know local. And exactly the same thing happened. So that gap in the market that I saw an affordable price range and, you know, at the same time. So that's that's exactly what worked. So I used the same formula what I used from, from London to Birmingham and then from Birmingham to UAE. Okay, again, like you said, everything's very compared because everything's halal here. Obviously, we have an advantage in the UK of having Pepe's halal, so you've got the non-halal market as well. But here, everything's halal. So in that sense, yes, it is competitive. But when you come... I believe wherever there's competition, huge competition, there's always opportunity to make money so long as you bring something different. Mm. But if you, right. if I was to bring something that's already like you know, 100 brands out there are doing, and I become the 101 brand doing the same thing, then of course it would be virtually you know, impossible almost for me to do. But because you got something different, it then appeals to people. Yeah, and uh, going back to the, the halal part, uh, do you find the local producer of, say, chicken, or is that something that's done at a group level? Are they providing the... You mean in the UK or here? Both. Which in UK, the brand, uh, the franchisor has a certain suppliers that they have contracts with to supply the whole network in the UK, because obviously they have to go up to Scotland, back down, so they, ha they can't have one supplier. Yeah. Whereas here, we have a local supplier who produces the local chicken. That you had so to So fresh find. chicken, yeah. yeah. So we had to set up the whole supply chain structure here. So fresh chicken is something that we really emphasize on. We can't have an option where we can give frozen chicken because it has a difference. Uh, you can taste, you can tell by the taste as well. So we always, even in the UK, Pepe's always encourages and emphasizes on fresh chicken. So that's why we have certain audits done monthly on a regular basis in the UK. Every store has to go through an audit to make sure that it matches the, the, the food specifications, so the products are correct product on the shelves. Um, the allergens, because allergens are a very important part in the UK because a lot of people suffer from allergies. So the franchisor has strict guidelines that we implement here as well. So mm. make sure that any franchisee that has a store in the future in the UAE must have to go through the same, has to purchase the same products as per what the franchisor has actually recommended mm. to avoid having allergy issues. So if you have one product that we've put on our uh, approved allergens list. Whereas a franchisee gets, okay, similar product, but different brand, and he has a slightly different allergens in there. So it'll just kill your whole um, uh, SOP that you stand to set for mm. the, the product. So that's why these are strict guidelines that we ha they have in in, in uh, So yeah, I mean, fresh chicken is something that is that we really emphasize on in Pepe is that we have to have must. It's an option. There's and no option on it. But just like, how is this a how is this a business model? Like, irrespective of the competitiveness, right? You have to come to a new market. You have to say use your profits from the UK. Uh, you have to get the license, do the fit out, find the location. Uh, there might be some people who know the brand, but there's many who don't. So there's marketing costs. And the franchise is sitting pretty there, franchiser, and they, they get the percentage. Which, what would the percentage be of profits? This is something that we can't really disclose. Okay. However, obviously, there's a certain percentage that you just pay on a monthly basis to the... License the, fees. The, the, not the fee, but the ongoing sort of a, a monthly royalty. Monthly royalty based on revenue. No, yeah, it's, it's based it's on revenue. the revenue percentage. Okay. So there's a percentage on, on revenue, and then you have all these costs. Uh, is it, it, how do you sort of, at what point do you think you're going to break even on that? And 
you know, has it, have you broken even? When did you break even on the say 2021? I mean, I would say with the first store, we started breaking even in month three, really. Yeah, um, that's good. It was excellent because, you know, at one point, like you said, it's a very competitive market. And the only challenge I personally had in the beginning was the COVID. Um, otherwise, we would have, I think what we done in three months or four months took us, we could have done it very quickly. But of course, it's one of them things that happened, then, which, which, which it's not in our control. But generally, I would say a Pepe is um, sort of a maturing period that every brand or every store has. Uh, we've estimated to be around about 12 months. So in the first 12 months, you'll be really getting into that gear. And after 12 months, your sales automatically start to pick up. So long as there's two things. One, the consistency in the product. And two, the service levels. If these two things are done properly, I mean, you can start to make profit. You can be profitable very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and what about covering your costs? Do you cover your costs on the entry here? I mean, in the P&Ls or in the forecasting we have is anything between three, three and a half years sort mm-hmm. of a, a return. And typically, I, I, again, I wasn't pursuing just to get an exact figure of what your deal is. It's just for business owners to understand the franchise business. Um, what's the sort of operating margin that you could look at? It, that depends on location to location and what sort of revenue you're generating. Mm. Uh, but anything I would, I mean, we always, and as you open more number of stores, your buying power increases, uh, your suppliers tend to work more closely with you, they can really help you on really cutting, giving you better prices on the products that you're paying with, let's say, two stores now. And eventually, let's say, in three years' time from now, we have, let's say, 15 stores operating or 20 stores operating. The volume will be a lot bigger. Mm. So this is where they can really, you know, you can squeeze and get better margins. So I would say, I mean, our aim is to be anything between 17 to 20%. That's a lot higher than I would have expected. Yeah, that's what we're aiming for. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, again, it depends on locations. If you're in a, you know, let's say, on a very, very good location, let's say, for example, Dubai Mall, um, on a fountains area, so long as you get the rentals, of course the rentals are very high there. Um, but so long as you get in there, your service, your food, your brand is recognised from. Because right now, you get people in Dubai Mall coming from all over the world, right? So there might there be so many people that are not familiar with Pepe's, right? Mm. So they won't give it a chance. So that's why our aim is not to be in Dubai Mall very quickly. Once the brand is a lot more saturated around open areas, yeah, that's when it's better time to move into a location there so someone like Dubai Mall if you're doing X number of you know sales so you can maybe you know expect a better margin because in dining there's more profitability in F&B than the actual deliveries as well so it's more we always encourage you know to be more focused towards dining yeah. because you get better product fresher product on the plate um, although even okay our product does well on deliveries but we focus we put more emphasis on focusing, trying to increase the dining. Yeah, that, that's fascinating. Yeah, because some some uh, quick serve. I thought that they were kind of some of them are below ten percent. Like, and I think Costa Coffee has a six percent operating margin as a six ten percent as a franchise. So it's good that yours is a bit higher. 
I wouldn't know about any other brand, but obviously we we're, we're focusing on working towards that sort of um, margins. Yeah, and uh, and then again, sort of in the region, really fascinating insight. Like people will, you know, when you mentioned that area in Dubai Mall, found it's like uh, Five Guys sprung to mind when when you mentioned that. And I remember interviewing the people who were doing that brand for the region, and uh, and I know it was a different brand actually, but it, there was a podcast about the origin of Five Guys uh, in Washington in the US. And the, fr the uh, years gap between the first and second branch was 17 years. Oh, wow. So, the, the, <laughs> right? so they got the product so right that, and only then when they were re so comfortable with it, then it became a global brand and a franchise. Uh, because there's a point of when it's really right. And you kind of obviously spotted that with Pepe's yeah. early on. That's exactly what we, I mean, Originally, we came, I came with the vision of franchising, right? That was my pure uh, vision. So that's where I actually then started doing my groundwork and we started thinking, you know, things are a lot different to what we were expecting because franchising in this part of the world is not as easy as in the UK because in the UK we have a British Franchising Association, so there's a law sort of implemented for franchising. So that's why you'll see a lot of single unit franchisees in the UK compared to this part of the world. Here, people are more territorial. Mm. Um, if you look at most of the brands that are owned by big groups, you know, then they roll out the stores rather than sub-franchising. So that's why when we came here, we saw all these um, brands, how they operate, so we had to do that homework. That's why we've never really straight away fran started franchising because we know the moment you franchise, things can go very wrong, especially when you don't have no structure in place. So it took us time to put that structure in place, the supply chain, because the better my supply chain is, the better your franchise network starts to grow. Because and why, why do you want to sub-franchise it? Because you're interested, you mentioned the big groups, right? Like people think of Ashire with, who have Starbucks yeah. or... Americana, who actually listed publicly, I think, with KFC, yeah. right? And so that model is different to the one that you described, which is sub-franchising, right? They're, they're sort of group and they own all the... Yeah, they just basically buy the master from the franchise Buy the brand, yeah. And then just open the stores themselves rather than sub-franchising it here. So right now, we haven't sub-franchised at all um, because, again, you know, we've done the groundwork, the homework, see how the other brands are operating... So this decision we have not taken at the moment anyway. So however, in future, if we do decide to, I mean, right now we have two options. We can either open our stores, which we are right now currently. And secondly, if we want to sub-franchise, let's say, you know, we've done exceptionally well in Dubai, but now we have inquiries from Abu Dhabi. Rather than us going, we can find a strategic partner who has the ability to open, let's say, six, seven outlets in Abu Dhabi. We'd rather do that. We help, you know, we work closely with them, let them develop the stores rather than us going there and opening, then we can, that, that will become the sub-franchising sort of uh, option. Yeah, and then the wider Gulf region as well. Yeah, I mean... Potentially Saudi, Bahrain. Yeah, exactly. So, I know you mentioned that now, I would just, you know, that one of the reasons that I chose Dubai was the fact that, you know, in this part of the world, in this region, everything is very systematically driven. Um, the setup will be a lot easier you know, the, the, the leadership of this country is, 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 you know, very good in that sense. They encourage the businesses. Um, it makes it easier for you to come and set up. Although there the were challenges themselves, but that's not the challenges that you would say from the, 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 the system-wise. Mm. So that was one of the reasons. And the secondly, of course, very competitive that if Pepe is, is successful in, in, in Dubai because it's very competitive, then it will start to become successful 
anywhere in, in, in Saudi Arabia and the other part of the GCC, right? And Qatar, of course, Saudi yeah. Arabia is a huge market Absolutely. and it's up and coming. Um, you know, again, the, the, the taste buds of all the people that live within GCC are similar, right? Because they're all people from similar, same sort of backgrounds. So that was the two main core reasons I thought, you know, now that Pepe's has done very well so far in, 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 UA, in Dubai, Hmm. You know, there's a lot of inquiries we've had in, in, in uh, full franchising, not just within UAE, but since we've opened here, people have inquired from Philippines, India. Um, you won't believe I had three inquiries from Iraq last month, hmm. uh, Saudi Arabia. So a lot of people are inquiring. I mean, whether we give or not, that's a separate issue. Uh, so sorry, separate story. So, but the fact that you still have inquiries means that the people are interested in the brand. Yeah, and speaking of brands like under Hanaya uh, brands, like do you expect uh, to have other offerings? Are you, you know, the last conversation, last answer is more talking about growing Pepe's uh, because you know it works. Uh, but at what point do you go, hey, I really like this, but I'm really good at it. Uh, we've expanded across the region. But actually, Hanaya brands can actually bring other concepts in as well. Yeah, we are open to bring other concepts on our portfolio. Uh, but of course, that will happen once, you know, we have the MD. We have an MD uh, who started newly on board who will be going to UK next month for further head office training. And then we will be looking at the expansion plan for next year. So... Once we're at a certain stage, that's when we will start to look at, you know, we can potentially bring another portfolio on our brand. Yeah. Sorry, uh, bring another brand on our portfolio that can actually do well again in this part of the world. Yeah, any types of sectors. What, what do you think? And do you think, like, would you look at, again at a quick serve uh, offering? It could be anything, anything, really. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be food as well. It could be something else that, something you know, else. it could be yeah. like, you know, clothing retail or something. I mean, okay. it depends. You don't think there needs to be synergies with what? it shouldn't be close to the first one so no, you can benefit. it has to be something different of different, course yeah. okay um and then yeah going back to you mentioned earlier about the different locations uh and it got me thinking uh of food courts in the malls and things like that is it would that not be an easier way to set up quickly see food courts is not something that we are um, sort of inclined towards because our food is more a, a sit-in you die in your, because in, if you go to food courts, right, and there's a couple of things. Number one, people are people have the customers always have a certain price point in the mind as they walk into the food courts that they will not be spending more than X amount, right? Mm. And secondly, most of the brands that operate in the food courts, their cutlery, crockery, everything is disposable, right? Whereas in Pepe's, we have a proper crockery, proper cutlery, and we have a you know, table service. So, for example, we have a, a, a dish called chicken espatada. So when the, the staff serve the espatada, they have to hold it on that stand where it has the skewer uh, vertically hanging. So, that sounds more like Nando's now. <laughs> so so you, you can't really expect to actually... Yeah do that in the food court okay. so for us we have to have like an independent in the malls independent unit where people actually specifically come for Pepe's cool and uh, you know, moving to, towards the end so just generally your outlook for the region uh, you would like to expand Pepe's and Anaya brands that you see growth in the region yeah Hundred percent, and and uh, and you're up. You know, you moved out of the UK, obviously post Brexit. Uh, you know, you think that the region is an emerging market, and you're confident about the the economic environment here. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the way the markets picked up after the COVID, the demand. I mean, you can just tell by how much housing, you know, communities are coming up. The the master developers are developing. I've just just in the morning I found out um, uh, Aldar Group from Abu Dhabi. From Abu Dhabi, they've actually doing the first uh, residential launch in Dubai. So mm. I mean, that shows you that you know it's it's, it's developing. There's more. I mean, as you can see, the where, where, even where you live, for example, you've got the residential tower being built. The moment it's built, within six months, it's all fully leased out, and mm. it shows you that the demands people are coming in. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the region has a good potential. Okay, well, it's been a pleasure talking to you this morning. Thanks Thank for you. sharing the story, of Pepe's. I've been out of the UK. I left London in two thousand and nine, ten. So I just missed the boat. Uh, oh no, it was probably there before, but I missed what you guys do in Birmingham. So uh, I must check it out in Motor City, and uh, we'll yeah, follow yeah, your, your journey anytime, in the future. Yeah. Perfect. Cool. Thanks Thank a you. lot. No problem. That was a great story. Again, I'm always amazed by the entrepreneurial spirit of people and how they get things going. There's been a few like that lately, over 10 years building it up and then taking it to the next level. So uh, good luck to Suhaib and his team uh, for what they're doing. I had a busy week and I was in Riyadh for most of the week. There's a lot of activity happening over there. Attended the FII conference and uh, also uh, Fashion Week and they have the Riyadh season starting on Saturday. Uh, a lot of the concerts are not happening here in the UAE at the moment, but a few things will sort of happen like, uh, you know, wellness things like fitness challenges starting on the 28th as well tomorrow. Um, thank you as always to uh, Ali, Ali Khalil, who produces this show and uh, Hamid Hashem uh, in our, our Egypt team uh, and then the Love and Dubai team for rolling out the assets and distributing this. You'll see it on smashy.tv. Uh, on any app, uh, web or mobile. And as always, this is a smashy business production brought to you by the Augustus Media Broadcast Network. Speak to you next week.